Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, someone say, I just want Jesus. Just say that. I just want Jesus. That's right. That's what we want, especially in this season. Let me tell you something. Get a hold of Jesus. I, you know, I think about the woman with the issue of blood. When the Bible said that there was a crowd around Jesus, but she knew she needed healing. And she knew in her mind, I just got to get to Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, the world is crowded with all kinds of opinions, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of, all kinds of things that are stirring. And I just want you to know, just press through the crowd, get to Jesus. And that's where the healing is during this time. Get through all the noise, just get to Jesus. And that's where it's going to be. It's so imperative, especially during these times. Well, hey, listen, I'm ready to share this word today to continue part two of a message that I started last week about being seasoned and going through the fire. And I just want to reiterate one more time is press that share button, grab on Facebook, be a social media evangelist and just and just share that onto all your friends, tag somebody and invite them to church. Let's get people hearing the word of God right now. That way they turn off all the other nonsense and get plugged into what God wants to say to them today. I'm telling you right now, this message, God has given me some insight that I really believe is going to help somebody make it through the fire because we all feel the heat. Come on, if you feel the heat, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Come on, I, I, that's me. I can feel hands being raised right now. We all feel the heat. And I want to talk to you about how to make it, not just survive the fire, but thrive outside of this fire. And today we're talking about seasons, and I can't wait to share this with you. So if you got your Bibles, go with me. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Daniel. We're continuing our season series here. And uh, today I want to read these verses that we're looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went through the fire. And we're talking about how to get through these seasons that we all go through. So remember what I mentioned to you. It's not what you go through that grows you. It's how you respond to what you go through that grows you. Because one person Two people can go through the exact same situation. One person comes out bitter, the other one comes out better. And I know God wants to come out better uh, in this season. Can I get a good amen? Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 through 30. They're going to put a link there on the, the comments section where you can download the message outline of the points of my message as well as the verses that we're going to be reading. And uh, you can follow along and uh, have all the verses there with you. And if you're ready for the word, say, I'm ready for the word. Let's go, somebody. We are ready for the word. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 13. We're going to read through verse number 30, and uh, we are looking at the story here about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fire, and we are breaking it down precept upon precept, line upon line, and the God's giving me some insight that I really believe is going to help us uh, to make it through the fire. Some will say, I'm going to make it through the fire. Daniel chapter 13, verse 13, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 3, 13, I'm going to read through verse number 15. Here's how the Bible reads. The Bible says, furious with rage... King Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and the Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? He says, Now, when you hear the horn, the flute, the, si the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music. When are we going to get a zither and a flute on the worship team? That's not, all right, maybe next, okay, next time. He says, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Well, obviously, we know that Jesus 
can rescue them from the hand of the enemy. But in this context, what ends up happening is the situation here is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to bow down to uh, false worship and they get thrown into the fire, but God actually ends up saving them. But I want to look at today the steps that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took by obedience of God, not by the opinion of people and how they made it through the fire with the testimony of God's goodness. And I know God is going to do the same for you and I. I'm going to talk to you today, part two of season through the fire. If you join us for the first time, no sweat. You can go back later today and and rewatch part one on our YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, and you can binge watch the, the sermons. Come on, somebody. You know, the binge watch Netflix. You can binge watch the word of God. All right. But let's pray. And I want to talk today part two about season of fire. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that empowers us, that speaks to us, that challenges us, that sharpens us and develops us. And Lord, I pray right now for people that are going through a lot, that they may be facing a lot of difficult situations. I pray that this message speaks to them. And I also pray, God, that you would help us that know who we are in Christ to be the light to other people so that together we can see the goodness of God and that the rest of the year will be the best of the year. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shouts amen. Come on, why don't you give God one more hand clap. God is good. Amen. I got my amen corner up here. What's up, guys? Come on, somebody. That's right. And so we are going to jump into this word. Well, let me start here. I want to talk to you, like I said today, about being seasoned through the fire seasoned through the fire. In other words, God begins to develop us through the fire, that you understand the the growth pattern of the God we serve through the things that we go through. God uses everything in our life. Can you say that when we say God uses everything in my life? God doesn't let anything go to waste. God will use the good times to teach us his goodness. God will even use the hard times to teach us his goodness. Did you catch what I said? He'll use the good times to teach us his goodness, but he'll also use the hard times to teach us his goodness. See, God is good in every season. But here's what we got to understand is that when it comes to the different seasons that we go through, these seasons that we go through oftentimes have nothing to do with our behavior. Now, sometimes they do have to do with our behavior. In other words, we do things that we shouldn't do, and it puts us in a season that we really shouldn't be in. <laughs> Whole nother conversation. But I want to talk about, especially what we're all going through, for example, this COVID situation, that this isn't really because of something you and I did. This is something that we're going through that is a season, but God uses it. Because oftentimes the seasons that we go through, sometimes we feel the heat because of the season or the time that we're living in. And God wants to use it to develop us. And what we got to understand is that as believers, oftentimes, no matter how much we pray, listen to me now, no matter how much we read our Bible, no matter how much you tithe, (laughs) no matter how much you worship, no matter how much you live holy, no matter how much you go to church, no matter how many sermons you listen to of Pastor Josiah or any other pastor out there, no matter how many verses you memorize, It is inevitable you will still go through the fire. I got no amens on that. It's okay. That's all right. I know you're like, not me. (laughs) I mean, that's a word for somebody else. You know, Lord, let them go through the fire, right? Listen to me. I'm trying to help you. It it, it is not predicated. Because you'll be like, I'm a good worshiper, Lord. Like, I worship with 110%. God says, that's awesome. You still go through the fire too, okay? All of us, no matter what you do, it does not avoid us going through 
the fire. We will still go through those refining moments that allow us to be able to put on display that God is in us. I want you to write this down. This is not your first point, but here's what, why God lets us do this. Because God wants to show that the fire that's in us is greater than the fire that's around us. I'm going to say it again for the people in the way, way back, 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 back. Because God wants us to show that the fire that's in us is greater than the fire that's around us. This is how we make it through the seasons of fire. That the fire that I have shot up in my bones, like Jeremiah said, the fire that God, tell, that God tells me in 1 Timothy, he says, fan into a flame the gift of God that is in you, is that I have to walk through every season, the good times, the hard times, the heated times, the difficult times, to show the world that the fire I have inside of me is greater than the fire that is around me that the enemy's trying to put, uh, trying to put up around me, but I got to put that from within. Why? Because it's in those fiery moments. If we're all honest, no lying, you're in church or at least watching church right now. But yeah, you're in church. You made your living room and sanctuary room. Come on. Someone say we're all in church. Okay. We're in church right now. Is It's in these moments that the fire causes us to be more prayerful. It causes us to be more, more in our word, more creative. It causes us to, to be able to have more conviction for who God is. At least that's what happened to the to the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, in the verses that we just read, we find that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they, were, they were living right. You know, like they, they weren't like, they weren't sinning. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were living right. They, they were serving God. But in this text, what ends up taking place is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into the fire even while they're obeying God, even while they're serving God. And if they did anything, is they, if, they, if they did anything, they actually disobeyed. They disobeyed the word of the world and obeyed God's word. And for doing what God told them to do, they got actually thrown into a heated situation. Now, what's going on in the text right here, like I mentioned, is the nation of Israel had been taken captive by the Babylonians. Now, the Babylonians were, were, were a people group that whenever they, they conquered a people... They would try to uh, get them to worship their false gods and would try to st uh, strip them of their worship. And this whole conversation or this whole thing was an issue of worship. And I'm just going to go ahead and correlate the two. I'm telling you right now, this whole pandemic we're going through, it has to do with your worship. The enemy's trying to get you not to strip you of your worship and to begin, be in a state of worry, be in a state of, of, of just perplexity. Don't let anything steal your worship. In fact, tell someone, say, don't let it steal your worship. No, tell someone, say, don't let it steal your worship. This whole issue that we just read, the context of the scripture here, was all about worship. They were trying to steal their worship. They said, when the music plays, you're going to worship the false gods. In other words, you're going to bow down to anything but the God that you serve. And what we got to recognize here is that the season we're living in right now, the enemy is trying to steal your worship. He's trying to steal some things. Now, the Bible says in John chapter 10, and uh, tells us that the enemy, the Bible says that Jesus comes to give us life and life more abundantly, but the scripture tells what Satan comes to do. And the Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, those three things, steal, kill, and destroy, are, are Satan's M.O., it's what he does. Now, those are not the three same. There are some seasons the enemy's trying to kill you. Some seasons the enemy's trying to destroy you. But there are some seasons the enemy's trying to steal something. 
And in this season, I'm telling you, the devil is trying to steal your worship. He's trying to steal some things from your life. He's trying to to rob you of what's going to carry you and make you a person that is, is, is right before God. There are times, there are seasons, especially in this season, where the enemy not only wants to steal your worship, but he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your unity. He wants to steal your, your, your God attitude. He wants to steal it from you. But I don't know about you, but I'm going to hold on to my worship. And in this season, the devil ain't going to steal my worship. Come on, somebody. Can I get a good amen? He ain't going to steal my worship. So right now, this whole concept, and again, I want to put this into context here. This whole battle is about stealing their worship. Now, what is worship? Go back and listen to last week's message. I'll break it down. Okay, but it's worship. It's even though. I worship you even though. Now, how do we make it through the fire so the enemy doesn't steal our worship? I want you to write this down. Here's your first point. Write this down. Is we have to add perseverance to our purpose. Someone say you got to persevere. You got to persevere. Now, this is so important because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the way they, they approach the fiery situation they went through. And we've got to learn. That's why the Bible is written for us so that we can see how they made it through their fiery situation so we can make it in our fiery situations. Is they had a perseverance to their purpose. They had a perseverance to their faith. Now, now what is perseverance? Let me give you the definition here. Perseverance in definition, listen to me now, is persistence in doing something despite the difficulty or delay. It's, it's the ability to do something difficult despite, the, despite the, the delay or the difficulty to it. In other words, I am going to have to persevere some things. You know, I'm not going to make it to my purpose by avoiding things. I'm going to make it to my purpose by persevering some things, by, by going through some things, by, 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 by allowing myself to make it through these situations that come into my life. Now, I just want to read this really quick. I read it last week, but I want to bring it back into focus. Peter writes this about adding to our faith perseverance. Watch what the Bible says. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. So in other words, we have the ability to add things to our faith. He says, add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness. I just want to extract there that Peter says we got to add to our faith and then he names a bunch of them that I can preach a whole sermon on, but I just want to extract, he uses perseverance. That one of the things that must be added to our faith is to persevere. Some will say, I'm going to persevere. We've got to add this to our faith. Now, if I can add things to my faith, then the opposite is true too, that things can be taken away from my faith. Maybe my faith has not fully developed because I have not allowed perseverance into my faith. Now, why is this important? It's important because perseverance is a faith that can go through some stuff. Okay? Faith, I'm sorry, perseverance is a faith that says, God, my faith can go through some difficult days. My faith isn't just my faith when everything lines up just right. My faith is not, my worship isn't just worship when everything goes back to normal that I quote unquote think is normal, then I'll be able to worship rightly. 
You know, when, when, when everything is just gone, then I could just then go back and, and then I can get into my place, my happy place, and I can just curl up in a ball and then I can be fantastic and all that nonsense. No, I am going to have perseverance that God, I'm going to worship you even when the enemy turns on the heat. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to worship. I'm going to develop that. This is the type of faith, listen to me now, that makes a season through the fire. This is the type of faith listen to me now, that puts the gospel on display that we're real Christians. We're not circumstantial Christians or conditional Christians. Come on. You know the conditional Christians. God, I serve you under these certain conditions. <laughs> you know, as long as I got money in the bank, as long as everything's fine, as long as my kids ain't acting up, as long as my spouse acts just right, I serve you. As long, and, and we put all these conditions. Those are conditional Christians. God wants to say, God, I serve you without conditions. Why? Because I got a perseverance faith. My faith perseveres even under the heat. I mean, this is what, what I'm telling you right now. You want your marriage to last till death do you part? Then you have to have a marriage that perseveres. I'm talking about parents that persevere because them kids will test you. Come on. I'm talking about, about a dream that has to persevere. I'm talking about a faith that says, God, my faith is going to persevere these difficult situations. You'll be surprised how many people, as soon as the devil turns up the heat, they run. I ain't, going to, I ain't going to run. If anything, I'm going to run to the battle, and I'm going to turn up my praise during the season. I'm going to turn up my worship during the season. You ought to turn up the volume right now. I'm going to turn it up, not turn it down. Why? Because my faith perseveres. I, I'm going to make it through. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold through. I'm going to see what God is going to do in my life. Now, what does a perseverance faith look like? Man, I've been waiting to get to this first for the last two weeks, and I finally get to preach it right now. This is what a perseverance faith looks like. I want you to go to Daniel chapter 3 and verse 18, one of the greatest faith statements, perseverance faith statements in the Bible. Y'all better get your highlighter out, get your pen out. It's okay to highlight verses and underline verses, just don't. Don't cross out verses, okay? But I want you to get ready, okay? Here it is. All right, watch this. Here's how Daniel respond. I'm sorry, how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respond in Daniel when the king says, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you into the fire and I'm going to turn up the heat. This is how they respond. Check it out. They said, oh, king, we don't have to, you know, uh, we don't have to defend ourselves. But verse 18 is what they said. But even if he does not, in fact, go back to verse 17. Let's read verse 17 and 18. Can you do that for me, team? It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, they said, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. So they said, we know God is able, that he'll deliver us. He says, and he will deliver us from your hand, from your majesty's hand. Now notice, they said, we know my God can deliver us from your hand. Uh, I know God can do miracles. I know God can eradicate COVID. I know God can heal my marriage. I know God can heal my body. I know God is able to move whatever mountain. I know God can, 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 can do whatever. He can open up the Red Sea. I know God can go ahead and open up the heavens. He says, I know God is a miracle worker. I know God can do it. But watch verse 18. Here it is. Get this in your spirit. They said, but even if he doesn't, did you catch that? Even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, <laughs> that we still won't serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set 
up. I've got the chills going down my spine right now because I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost that I got to fire somebody up who's going to watch this right now or is going to replay this during this week to tell you that you have got to get a faith that perseveres, that says, I know my God is able, but even if he doesn't, I still ain't going to bow down to no nonsense negativity and no attack of the devil. Ain't no fire around me greater than the fire that's in me because I got a God who is good and my faith will persevere. Let me put it into context. I know God can heal my marriage, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise. I know my God can remove COVID, but even if he takes another six months, I'm still going to worship. I know my God can eradicate, you know, uh, discrimination and injustice, but even if it takes a lot of year, I'm still going to worship God. I know my God can open up whatever building, but even if I got to worship in my living room, in my pantuflas, my chanclas, my sweats, and my hair in a bun, I'm still going to worship God. Why? Because my faith is not conditional. My faith perseveres in the God that I serve. Who am I talking to right now? You ought to worship God. Put some fire emojis and say, I'm still going to worship. Even if he doesn't. Tell someone, even if he doesn't. I'll still worship him. Or are we the type to say, well, only if he does? <laughs> because see, the same is true the other side. We could be, well, if God does this, then I'll do that. I mean, is that all it took for the enemy to steal your worship was for him to close the building down? <laughs> That's all it took? Now you can't even worship God in your home. You're all I can't worship God in my home. I can't worship, I can't lift my hand. That's all it took? My God, what are we going to do when the real tribulation happens? <laughs> I mean, that's real talk. Don't get me wrong. Now, I'm not minimizing COVID. Okay, I'm not minimizing. We're taking all precautionary measures. And, but is this all it took for the devil to steal your worship? That's it? Get through in the towel? I mean, we, we need, and to my opinion, this ain't even the furnace. This is real talk, okay? You want to go to the furnace? Let me take you to third world countries where they, they will kill you. They have to worship underground, okay? Yeah. Okay, let's real talk here. Let's, if we're going to talk, let's talk. Read the book, The Voice of the Martyrs. Let's talk about when they would crucify them upside down for saying they're Christians. This is real talk. We've got to put this in a perspective. Let's talk about when they would murder Christians. Let's talk real talk. My goodness, I'm telling you right now, I'm still going to worship God. I'm going to turn my living room into a sanctuary. I'm going to turn my life, I'm going to turn my car into a praise party. I'm going to speak in tongues in the middle of the night at the midnight hour when the devil's trying to get my mind to worry. I'm just going to ra-ba-ba-ba. Some of you are like, that's not appropriate. I'll ra-ba-ba-sha. This right now is the time to worship God. Why? I ain't trying to look pretty. I'm trying to bring down heaven into my fire. Are there any real worshipers watching right now? Somebody's Shout amen. Just put some fire emojis. Come on now. Fuego, 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 fuego. Fire, fire, fire. Say even if it doesn't. Say it even if it doesn't. Say it even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. Let, let, let that sink into your spirit. Even if he doesn't, your majesty, <laughs> we still, are not going to bow to your false gods. Let me ask you this question. Can you still worship even if he doesn't? That's a gut check for all of us. You know? Because we all like to believe, oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I'm a super Christian. Oh yeah. Even if he doesn't, God, I got you. We all say that until you're actually put into the fire. <laughs> because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said that. And you would think that because they said that, God would be like, you're awesome. But no, God still put them in the fire. It's okay. Let's find out. <laughs> I, I really do believe that right now, now this, I'm going to talk prophetically, so just stay with me here, okay? Some of you might go right over your head, but that's okay. We'll catch up to it next week. <laughs> Listen to me. A fire, the, when the fire comes, the fire doesn't come to, 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 to kill you. It comes to reveal you. The fire reveals. It reveals what you're made of. You know the old adage, if it's too hot in the kitchen, right? Get out the kitchen, right? So, so, so the fire, God sends it, says the burning of the chaff comes to reveal what we're made of. And right now, I believe we're finding out what we're made of. Now, again, I'm going to apply 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. The Bible says, be thankful in all circumstances. And it says, for all, says in all. And I'll tell you one thing I'm thankful for in this circumstance is I'm thankful that God has tore the four walls off the building. It's caused us to turn our homes into worship. It's caused us to be outreach, more outreach focused than our ministry has ever been as a church. It's caused us to just think outside the box, literally outside the box. It's caused us to, to put kids' curriculum through YouTube, and it's caused us to, to reach out to people. It's caused us, you know, again, God uses everything because God uses the fire, church. Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to worship him. One of the greatest faith statements that even if he doesn't, I'm still going to do it. Now, 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 here's... What I think we, we, we can understand is, is that these faith moments of even if he doesn't cause us to believe how good God is. Now, I'm going to be honest. I ha I've had a lot of even if he doesn't moments in my life. Again, they feel good to say, but when you actually got to walk it out, that's a whole other conversation. I mean, one as a church recently in March, real talk, is when, uh, when we had to close down the physical locations and, you know, kids, we didn't know all that, that COVID was and all that was going on and it was so fresh and no vaccine and et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, today we, we know a little more about how to manage it and face masks and sanitation and all that stuff. But when it first shut down, we, we made the difficult decision of closing the building and then, and then uh, uh, we found out so many people were in need. And I'm just going to be honest. The first couple of weeks when we closed down the physical location, finances, they just went down. But God, I, I knew that we had to help people. There were so many people unemployed that were hurting. So as a church, I said, we're going to help families. We're gonna, we're, and, even, and I know God can provide, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to give and help families. And for the last 16 weeks, we have now helped 12,940 families. Can I tell you, God came through, but that was a moment of even if he doesn't, we're still going to do it. You follow what I'm saying? I mean, many moments in my life where, where, where we doesn't, with some recently, right? We do these, even if he doesn't, moments. And I believe that those moments, though, are the time for our faith to persevere and to put on display who the God is that we serve. Can I get a big amen? Don't put it in lowercase letters. Put it in capital letters. Amen. Come on, somebody. Someone shout, even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. Now, they said that. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that, the Bible then says in verse 19, let's go through this. Come on, line upon line. It says, then King, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was furious 
with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed, and he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Have you ever felt like it couldn't get any hotter, but then it got hotter? Like they reopened, now they reclose. Talk to me, somebody. You ever felt like there's no way it get worse than this? What? And when it rains, it pours. The Bible says that, the, uh, that they turned it up seven times hotter. They turned up the heat and made it hotter. Can I tell you that sometimes the enemy sends on assignment certain people to make it hotter in your life? Seven times hotter. Okay, but let me just remind you, even if he doesn't, seven times hotter. <laughs> now, it got hotter. You know what's crazy about this? Is that everybody saw them turn it hotter, okay? Everybody saw them get hotter. Sometimes the battles you go through are not gonna be private ones, they're public ones. And they're gonna, the world's gonna see how hot it's gotten around your life. But I declare that as the enemy makes it seven times hotter in our lives, we're just going to see seven times more blessing. Can I get an amen? That when the devil makes it seven times more hotter, that means there's going to be seven times more miracles. That means there's going to be seven times more of God's abundance, seven times more of God's goodness, that everything the devil tried to throw at me, God's just going to return it back and turn it to a 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I'm going to see God just move in a bigger way. Can I get an amen? So it got seven times hotter but God just moved in a seven time greater way in their lives. Now, when the enemy tries to make it hotter in your life, I'm gonna tell you during these public battles, I know this is hard to believe, but there are people actually looking for you to not make it in the fire. They're checking your Facebook. Are they still saved? All right, just checking, come on. They're, they're checking your Instagram. They're trying to check on your life. They're trying to make it hotter in your life. There are those that would try to get you to cool down, but I'm telling you, I am gonna live by the fire that is of God. Can I get a good amen? Now, next point, number two. My goodness, how much time I got? Oh, let, oh Lord Jesus, I might, okay, week three, let's go. Come on, somebody, I might go week three. You know what my problem is, is I, is, is I study, and then I, don't, and then I study again, and I study more, and then I zoom in, and, and uh, let's just call it the rest of the year, okay? So point number two, Lord Jesus, help me. All right, write this down. How do you make it through a season of fire? Here's how. You got to know who God is and know who you are in Christ. So, so watch this. Yeah, I got a few minutes. Okay, I don't know if I'll make it to my third point. I'll, I'll pick it up next Sunday. Okay, I'll pick it up next Sunday. Okay, stay with me here. But you got to know who God is and you got to know who you are in Christ. How are we going to make it through a season of fire? You got to know who God is, but equally, listen to me now, listen to me. You got to know who you are in Christ because it's one thing to know who God is, but it's a whole nother conversation to know who you are in Christ. Now I said this before, but it bears repeatance. Listen to me. Whenever God wants to deal with your destiny, he's always going to deal with your identity. He's going to deal with who you are. Because God cannot use you if you don't know who you are. He has to begin to show you who you are in Christ. I'm not talking about some super humanistic, postmodern way that you got all the power. No, no. Who you are in Christ. He has to get your identity so wrapped up in Christ 
So you can operate in that anointing and in that power that only comes through Jesus Christ. Whenever God wants to deal with your destiny, he's always going to deal with your identity. But can I tell you the other side of that coin? Whenever Satan wants to ruin or steal your destiny, he's going to try to steal your identity. He's going to deal with your identity. Now, why did I say all that? Here's why. You ready for this? My God, I can't wait to get into this conversation. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know that story we all heard for so many years and for so long? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That wasn't even their real names. That was, that was the names that the Babylonians gave to them. That was never their name. That was the name that they renamed them and stole their original identity. You, we actually have been, have been calling them by their false god names this whole time. Now, I'm not telling you to change the bedtime story, but that ain't even their name. This whole time, we've been, we've been calling them by their wrong Babylonian false god names. Oh, I'm going to get into this conversation. I got four minutes. Who will give me five minutes? If you give me five minutes, just pipe in. I'll give you five minutes, Pastor. Type it in right there. I'll give you five minutes. All right. Listen, that wasn't even their names. Go to Daniel chapter one and verse seven. Let's find out who their real names were. And I'm going to tell you why they defied the king because the king called them by the wrong name. And they don't respond to the wrong name. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen of all of the tribe of Judah. These men were chosen of the tribe of Judah. Where's the tribe of Judah? Judah were the praisers. Judah were the worshipers. Judah was the remnant of those who were willing to fight with praise in battle. And they were the ones that were radical. They were on fire. Don't you mess with the Judahites. I got a crazy son named Judah too. But don't mess in a good way. He's not crazy in a bad way. You know what I mean? But the Judahs, I mean, they, they, they were chosen. But then in verse 7 says, when they were captured by the situation, the Bible says the chief of staff of the Babylonians renamed them these Babylonian names. Daniel called them Belteshar. Hananiah, he called them Shadrach. Mishael called them Meshach. Azariah, he called them Abednego. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was never their names. Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was always their name. But what ended up happening was that the enemy renamed them by their situation, their circumstance, and their captivity. He renamed them. And when the king said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm going to throw you into the fire if you don't worship. I want to believe that Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah said, wait a minute. That ain't even my name. My name is not Meshach and Shadrach and to bed we go, Abednego. Come on, that ain't my name. But to look a little deeper, where my Bible college students at, if not, we're all in Bible college right now, you got to look at the Hebrew word and what those names actually mean. Because I'm not talking about Daniel right now. I'll preach that another day. We'll talk about Daniel in the lion's den, and that's a whole other conversation. The lion won on the Daniel fast, and that's a whole other, some of you will get that later. Okay, but I'm just talking about Haniah. Haniah, that name actually means the Lord is gracious. Haniah, the Lord is gracious. And his name got changed to Shadrach. Shadrach means the moon god, Aku. So he changed, watch this, catch this revelation. The Babylonian captors changed his name from the Lord is gracious to the moon god, the false god. 
Mishael actually means the Lord is, is a helper. And he changed his name to Meshach, which actually means servant of Nebuchadnezzar. The Lord is helper to now servant of Nebuchadnezzar. Azariah means Yahweh is powerful. And they got changed to Abednego, which means to be a scribe. The enemy lowered who they were. He changed their names. What am I saying to you? If you don't catch this, you will miss everything that God is trying to show you in this season that we're going through. Are we allowing the names of God in our lives to be reshaped by some type of fiery situation? Or do you still believe the Lord is your helper? Or have you lost your worship and you think, no, looks like the devil's winning? Do you still believe the Lord is gracious? Or do you believe, no, looks like we're just serving all these false, all these situations, all these ordinances. We lose our worship, then we grow in frustration. We got to know who we are. I know who I am. And it doesn't matter. Listen to me now. It doesn't matter what ordinance or what situation. I know who God is. And I know who I am. It don't matter what pressure they put around me. It don't matter all that. I am going to worship my God. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to come a time. It is. And, and again, I, I, don't, get, don't take me down that line. I'm having a conversation with my own mind right now. But, but there's going to come a time, all right, that when we do start to reopen the building, when we do start to, at some point, I'm not saying right now, but at some point, okay, because this is going to end, but at some point, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to decide, am I a true worshiper? Right? Six months down the line, at some point, we're going to have to decide, you know what? I know my God is who He said He is. I know that He is who He said He is. I know that I'm not going to live in fear. I, I know that once we take the steps and we're taking the steps, we've done it for five months, but soon we're going to reopen. And at some point, we're going to have to come to grips and say, God, who are you in my life and who am I? I'm not going to put my life on pause, but I'm going to rise up from all of the things the devil's thrown at me and I am going to lift my hands in worship and I'm going to come up out of this with courage, with confidence, with strength, with an anointing because I know who my God is. I'm not going to rename my praise by some falseness. I'm going to worship Him even though. Can I get an amen? amen. You see, they renamed Him. So here's what I did, and that's why I know I'm going to run out of time, is I wrote down this week about 50 things you are in Christ with scriptures. I'm going to read them all right now. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you who you are based upon Scripture. And I need you to pay attention. Yes. Don't you get bored while you're just reading Scripture. That's the most powerful thing I can say to you. Okay? Talk about tortillas. No, that was last week. Okay, listen. Scripture. And I'm, I'm going I'm to quote these verses. And they're going to be a lot. And there's no way you can write them down. So I just want you to receive them right now. And I promise you, go to my social media. I'm going to post them all up. They're going to post them all up on Freedom House. But there are about 50 scriptures of who you are in Christ. Okay, and I want you to receive these. In fact, right now, if wherever you are, I want you to receive what I'm going to tell you because this is who Christ made you to be. That's one thing to know who God is. But you've got to know who you are in Christ. Are you ready? Listen to me now. You ready? 
Oh, I'm excited to read this to you. Here's who you are. Who am I in Christ? According to John chapter 1 and verse 12, the Bible says those who believe have the right to be called the children of God. That means that you are God's child and he is your father. According to John 15, 15, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I not only call you my servants, he says, I call you my friends. That means that you are a friend of Jesus. If you're feeling lonely, you got the greatest friend. His name is Jesus Christ. According to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says that through Jesus, you have been justified, which means that you have been justified and you are made righteous because of what Jesus did. That justified means just as if I've never sinned. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17, the Bible says that I am united with him and I am one with him in spirit. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 and 20, I have been bought with the price by the blood of Jesus and I belong to God. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27, the Bible says that we are many parts but one body, which means that you are a member of the body of Christ, that you are a part of his body. According to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 through 8, the Bible says that you have been chosen by God and you are adopted as his child. According to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14, the Bible says that you have been redeemed and forgiven of all of your sins. According to Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9 and 10, the Bible says that you are complete in Christ. In other words, you can say, in Christ I'm complete. I'm not a half looking for another half. Come on, single people, you're complete in Christ. I'm not broken anymore. I am full of who Jesus is. According to Colossians I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, the Bible says you have direct access to the Father, which means, guess what? That in Christ, you can talk to God in whatever situation. According to John 15, 5, the Bible says, I am a branch, that you're the, that he's the vine and you're the branches. That means that you are connected to the life of God. According to John 15, 16, the Bible says that you have been appointed to bear fruit. In other words, I have a calling and no matter how jacked up my family tree is, my spiritual family can let me bear fruit by the anointing of God. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says that you are God's temple. The church is not just the building. Your body is the church. Wherever you are is the presence of God. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 and, and 21, the Bible says that now we are, a, uh, we are ministers of reconciliation and we are made brand new. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, it tells us that we are brand new in Christ. According to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, it says that we are seated with Jesus in heavenly realms. You're not seated in your living room. You're not even seated in church. You are seated in heavenly realm. That means your perspective is that of heaven, not of earth. Stop thinking earthly and start thinking from heaven. According to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says that I live with freedom and confidence. According to Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 13, it says that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and never beneath. What does that mean? The devil don't got his foot on my head. I, I got my foot on the devil and I'm going to stomp on the serpent's head and we're going to see victory. Come on, can I get an amen? Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 the Bible tells that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What does that mean? I don't live by my strength. I live by God's strength. So therefore God's not looking for my strength. He's looking for my surrender. Is there anybody who surrendered to God right now? Give God some praise because we are surrendered to God. According the Bible tells to Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 that God works all things together for good. So I don't got to freak out because God's going to work it out. Matter of fact, say this, don't freak out. 
God's going to work it out. And the last one, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, if God is before me, who cares who's against me? God has already won the battle. I just got to be faithful. I know who God is and I know who I am. So therefore, I can have victory. Somebody begin to give God some worship. Come on, would you stand to your feet? Let's worship God. I thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.